mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Wow. 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 That was crazy last night, man. That was that was one of those nights where you don't you don't want to go to bed. I think everything ended kind of like at like three in the morning between press conferences and you know all these fights going the distance and whatnot. But what an incredible night! A real hats off to the co-main and main event, and and hats off to the new interim champions and and quite frankly, uh, the contenders in that fight. It was just it was it was an amazing night. UFC two thirty six and whew, I know most. Here is the thing. Most people I know are going to want to start with Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. And I get that. That is that is probably going to be fight of the year. I think when we went into this last week, we were saying, I got a hard time believing that Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier wouldn't be a contender for fight of the year. And by the way, it was. Unfortunately, it just happened to be on the same night as the runaway winner, which is Stylebender versus Kelvin Gastelum. Because... If there's something that beats that for fight of the year, that's gonna be that's gonna be one of the most incredible fights we've probably ever seen if that happens. But I'm gonna put that in a box. I'm gonna put that just to the side for a second. And I'm going to start with Dustin Poirier becoming interim lightweight champion of the world because I feel like we've been on the Dustin train a while on this show. The fact that he trains down here at American Top Team. He's been a long staple down here, and that journey needs to to be appreciated a little bit. You know, it's it, it, it is somewhat ironic, but also appropriate that the night that he finally gets the belt wrapped around his waist, that he's somewhat overshadowed by the fight that went on before him. But it it it, it really is hard to overshadow how amazing this ride has been for Dustin Poirier. The fact that he finally gets a belt around his waist that he gets what he deserves, that he's a guy who who loses to Conor McGregor, and a lot of the times when that happened to people, you know, you're not quite the same, or, you you know, you don't, you don't go into the same realm. He wasn't like that. He picked himself up by his bootstraps. He made the move to 155, and has been incredible ever since. He's always been a, a performance of the night fighter every single time he basically steps into that ring. He's taken out former champions, and some of the most brutal styles you've seen. His striking's been unbelievable. His improvement's been unbelievable. He doesn't seemingly have a weakness, and he's going in there last night against Max Holloway, who is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet, making the move to 155. And by the way, I've already heard this a lot in the aftermath of this. I even heard it from the president himself, Dana White, yesterday, where they're like, well, you know, Max Holloway, he's just, uh, he's, you know, maybe he's just a featherweight. No, 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 don't do that. Don't go out there and discredit what we just saw. What we saw out there was Dustin Poirier outclass Max Holloway at 155 pounds. It does not mean that Max Holloway is not a 155-pound fighter. He is. He was quality. And by the way, was close to winning that fight a couple of times. It was an outstanding match between those guys. So don't disrespect Max Holloway that way, and don't disrespect Dustin Poirier that way. He is a 155-pound fighter. He's championship quality. He may get there one day. Let's not forget how young Max Holloway is. But Dustin was the better guy last night. Dustin has been on this ride 
for a long time and has been on this run, and it was his time. It was gonna be. It was gonna be. You were gonna have to probably go in there with a baseball bat to to pry that belt out of his hands before the end of the night. And you have to just give just cr- tremendous credit to this individual because this is a sport that can be unforgiving and has been dominated a lot by how you talk, how you act. The worse you behave, the more you're rewarded. Dustin Poirier has just put his head down, fought whoever they put in front of him, put out fight of the night quality performances every single time he steps in that octagon, and he's finally rewarded with getting a gold belt around his waist and at that, and, a, and a later date now with Khabib Nurmagomedov. It, is, it was so inspirational. And what a fight. Really, really great. I had the fight 49-46. I thought he won four out of five rounds. But some of those rounds were close. Some of those rounds were close. I thought that it was pretty clear the ones that he won. I thought Max, the only one that he clearly won was the third round. First round was pretty clear for Dustin Poirier. Arguable 10-8. I didn't give it to him. And probably in hindsight, I regret not giving it to him um, because it was just, it was that, it was that lopsided. He really was close to finishing Max Holloway. And I think if Max Holloway's tush would have touched the canvas, then it wouldn't have even been debatable that it was a 10-8 round. Second round, more of the onslaught really continues. Um, it's, it's getting a little bit more into Max's favor. He's settling himself in a little bit. You could also tell that Dustin is um, trying to not have the afterburn. That was the thing that I kept screaming at the TV because, um, you know, it was very much rooting for Dustin. It's nothing against Max Holloway. You know, I, I just, I, I, I really like Dustin Poirier. Uh, love his love his camp. Love, love, you know, big fan of his trainer, Dia Davis. And I know what was on the line here. It wasn't just Dustin Poirier getting a shot at the interim title. This was a life changer for him because you think about how long it's taken to get here. 22 fights to get to an interim title. No one's taken that long other than Michael Bisbing to get a crack at, 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 at the championship between fights to, to get a belt around their waist. So, for him, if he doesn't win this fight, I don't know how he's going to get back there. To think how long it took him to get here. I mean, does he make a move to 170? I mean, think about the the the, the personalities, the murderers row that's already up there. There's really no path for him. That's how important this was. That's 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 what I think can't be undersold. Max Holloway. Max Holloway's a star, man. He's the featherweight champion of the world. He's one of the best all time. At featherweight, he's maybe the best featherweight champion of all time. Max Holloway is going to get his crack again. He's just because he, he, he's probably going to go back down to 145 pounds, win another fight, and people will want to see him back in that picture. But if Dustin doesn't win this fight, whew, I don't know how he's going to get back there. I really don't. And that's these are the stories you really appreciate. That's when you appreciate a guy like Michael Bisping finally getting his shot, beating a Luke Rockhold because you don't know if he's going to get back there. That's why he takes that fight on three weeks' notice. So. With Dustin, I just kept screaming at the TV. I was like, oh, you know, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a matter of, I felt like it wasn't Max that was his biggest opponent there. I was worried about his gas tank. And Dustin's not a guy that gasses out, but Max is the cardio kid. That guy never stops, and he can be overwhelming with it. So I, I, I'm, you could tell that, that DP put a lot in that first round and really went full throttle to get Holloway out there. Probably broke his eye in the first round because he kept pawing at it. 
and didn't look like it was a bad cut. It looked like there was something uh, un uh, under the skin that was that was that was bothering him. I think he probably cracked his orbital really badly. Um, but thought that he won rounds one and two. Three was clearly for Max. There was a real danger zone here for Dustin. Like I said, gas tank was a big was a big question. Max started pouring on the pressure. Dustin shot for a takedown. Max started hitting him with elbows. Um, thankfully, it looked like the ref was uh, was making sure they didn't go 12-6 on it. Um, Might have put out Dustin Poirier. But that was clearly a Max Holloway round. Round four, probably the biggest one of contention because do you go with Max Holloway's volume? Do you go with him getting in his wheelhouse? Do you go with the fact that he was, that he was quick with his strikes? The thing with Max is... You know, it did take a lot for him to to really put the same kind of damage on Dustin that it did the other way around. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to quantify to to, to quantify damage and what does it really mean to, to damage a guy. But it's not hard to see when Dustin ends the round that he does, and that is with a knee right to the face of Max Holloway, cuts him open very, very badly. He is he is gushing blood all over the place, uh, starts hitting him and putting his fist right into that red target. And if a if a fighter has to use a, a, a majority of a round to put the same damage on you that you do with a strike like that, I'm just prone to give it to the guy who caused the most damage. And you could go out here and say, Tobin, well, if he didn't cut him, would you feel the same way? I would say to you, if you know, it, look, if 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 uh, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, if if my aunt had a set of you know what, she'd be my uncle. Like, hey man, he did, he did gash him open. The damage was there, and you knew that was going to affect him the rest of the fight, and it was going to be a big, big problem. I didn't even know if the doctors were going to let him go. That's how bad that cut was on Max Holloway. They did let him go. Fought around. Both guys are exhausted. Um, Dustin still getting the better of the striking. Starts uh, starts pressing him up against the cage to really take a knee. I agree with Dustin's strategy here because I did think that he had it in the bag. I had him winning every round but the third at that point. Again, there's an arguable 10-8 on the table. They read the scores 49-46 uh, across the board. I agree with that score. That's what I had. And he is your new interim champion. And congratulations to him. It was such a good feeling for him because you could just tell he was overwhelmed that he finally met his dreams. I think the quote that Ariel Hawani put out afterwards was he was told by Dustin, 25 minutes to make life fair. And you made life fair, man. You made life fair. It was very inspiring in a world of the UFC, which is overrun by Twitter fingers and and uh, and and jokes and jabs and and uh, and all these things where people are trying to stand out. You just went in there and you put on crazy performances every single time you stepped in the ring. And you're talking about these monsters that he went out there: Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis. Max Holloway. Give me somebody who's got that kind of that kind of resume on his hands and give him the, the the fights that he's put forth. Those are all champions. Those are all just absolute destroyers that make you different men when you walk out of the ring. And he is the one that inflicted the most damage. That's the kind of performer you have in Dustin Poirier. Afterwards, we had Khabib Nurmagomedov tweet out. Congratulations to Dustin. I had a draw. I don't know what Habib is drawing out there. Maybe he's drawing a village bear that he's wrestling again. I don't know. But draw, I mean, I only assume that you then have given 
then you gave Dustin two rounds and gave Max three, but you had a 10-8. I can't, I can't sell that. You can't sell that to me. You can't. You can't, you can't sell me in Max Holloway, who looked like he was close to winning that fight once, to Dustin, who looked like he was winning that fight basically every time that he touched Max Holloway with his fists. You can't sell it on me, Khabib. I don't know if that's a no-sale or you're just already trying to get into Dustin's, uh, into Dustin's head a little bit to, to say that his performance wasn't as good as he thought it was. But in my mind, uh, very, very clear win. Conor McGregor coming out afterwards. Said great performance against Dustin. Now you get that fight against Nate like, uh, like you were supposed to. No, man. The fight's against Khabib. It's time to set things normal. It's time to set the path right. You can't sit here on God's green earth in any form or fashion and tell me that Conor McGregor deserves to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov more than Dustin Poirier. It's not, it's not possible. It's not, it's not arguable unless Khabib drops the belt and you want to make Dustin Poirier the undisputed champion. If, if, if Nurmagomedov wants the fight that bad, it's not possible. Conor McGregor just got worked by Khabib. And I know that he came out this week and said that he fought him with a broken foot. Look, salute to you, man. You're tougher than I will ever be. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to call out your toughness. Good on you for gutting it out. But a lot of people go into fights with injuries. A lot of people gut through stuff in training camps. Happens every single time the UFC broadcasts. So just because you were fighting with an injury doesn't mean I'm going to change my opinion and say that you deserve a rematch quicker. You don't. Go and win a fight. Go and win a fight. That's all we're asking for Conor McGregor to go get back to the title. I'm not saying go, don't go have awesome, go have awesome fights. Go, go make all the super fights you want to go make. Go fight Cowboy Cerrone. Go fight John Jones for all I care. Make all the super fights you want to make. Fight Nate Diaz again. Fight Anderson Silva. Fight George St. Pierre. But you cannot fight for the title until you go beat a contender at 155 pounds. Not when there is an interim lightweight champion there in the fold. You can't do it. And if the UFC does it, they should just fold up shop. There's no reason for it. And there's no reason he should tweet it. It's disrespectful. I know that he knocked out Dustin Poirier. It was a half a decade ago at a different weight class. How do you think that fight would go these days? Think it would go the same? I don't. Not with as hungry as Dustin Poirier has been. Not with Conor McGregor acting a fool, seemingly getting into an incident every single weekend. You think those are the same guys that they were in 2014 or 2012, whenever the hell it was? They're not. So, Habib seems kind of nervous, to be honest with you, putting out the draw stuff. And Connor knows that he's got to put out ridiculous stuff like go fight Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, who hasn't fought in three years, doesn't even make sense. Congratulations to Dustin for getting that win. And the fight against Khabib, we'll get into, a little, into it a little bit later on in the show as far as how we think that match will go. Same thing with the, the upcoming pending middleweight championship. But... That win by him yesterday was so tremendous. So, and let me let's just put it like this. Speaking, this lightweight division has been a bit of a cluster bleep for a long time now. And you want to talk about who these guys have beat? Because there was a lot of uh, who's the real champ? Tony's the real champ. Khabib's the real champ. Connor's the real champ. Khabib's the real champ, no doubt. But how Khabib got his championship? Beating Ally Aquinta on 24 hours notice, put that out there. Conor McGregor is fighting Eddie Alvarez, who I think is an absolute legend. 
winning his undisputed championship. But we've seen now Dustin beat Eddie Alvarez twice. Twice. If it wasn't for some illegal knee, he would have been on his way to two victories against Eddie Alvarez. Tony Ferguson beat Kevin Lee, who's already out of the division. Dustin Poirier, you can say that he beat a featherweight. He beat one of the best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet. And every expert, every pundit, the president of the company, fellow fighters, have all said that Max Holloway was going to go to 155 and be better at 155. And he got worked by Dustin Poirier. Worked by him. So out of those four performances, you tell me who the best quality guy was to get a belt wrapped around their waist. I'm going to tell you right now, it was Dustin Poirier beating Max Holloway. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And we're back. Fighters Fury rolls on here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. A really, really great performance yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just such an undersell by me. An incredible fight between Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. Bar none is going to be fight of the year. It is. It was so good between these guys. First of all, Israel Adesanya, what a rise he's had. Kelvin Gastelum, he's had to bide his time. Was supposed to get a title shot against Robert Whitaker. That was uh, that was foiled by bad intestines and a hernia by the middleweight champion of the world. So he gets his crack finally to get gold around his waist. And this is where life stinks sometimes, man, because he had to go in there with a guy who has an absolute rocket on his back right now in the last style bender. It was such an incredible matchup because, look, man, this is a big step up for Adesanya. He's he's finally on this big stage. Everybody's looking at him. Is this guy the real deal? There comes a lot of pressure with that, with having to perform on that stage. Then you have Kelvin Gastelum, the ultimate fighter winner, a guy who's always been overlooked. Every, it was the last pick on, on that season when it was uh, Chael Sonnen versus John Jones. What really makes him good? What do you go into these things thinking, uh, what is Kelvin great at? Very unassuming body. A guy who used to have weight cutting issues at 170, moved to 185, seemingly at his height is way too small for that division. And he was such a danger to style Bender in this fight. What a matchup between these two. As we had, we had these guys going back and forth, both hurting each other, both putting themselves in, in, in harm's way, in dangerous way. And Kelvin Gastelum comes out of this out of the out of the shoot and puts Israel Adesanya on skates, hits him, hurts him, almost knocks him down. Right away, Style Bender's in big adversity. We haven't seen anything uh, him deal with anything like this in a while, really ever. Seeing as his, his UFC career is uh, half a dozen fights old, and you wonder, like, wow, well, is is it swallowing up? Out of sight too much. How is he going to deal with this? You always wonder about these finesse strikers or these quick strikers or these guys who have crazy styles when they get the when they when they get it thrown right at him. And it's such a confusing style for him too because you got to think like he's a guy who's going in there with the most kickboxing background, going in there with some of the most dangerous fighters in the world, always prepared, always. And and then you have Kelvin who's like this stocky, short five nine guy who's good at wrestling, but holds his hands low and is is kind of circling with his lead hand the entire time and 
will just unload that big that big left hand and and chase you awkwardly. Like it's it's not an easy thing to prepare for. You go into these things hoping that you prepare prepare to perfection, but you can never really take accountability for what a, a guy's quirks are or what makes them tick or what makes them them. And Kelvin's, I mean, the one thing we can say about him is he normally has a gas tank for days, so you're going to have to deal with that swarm. The fact that he gets you that early on is uh, is, is is a big deal. But Adesanya weathers the storm. He starts uh, he starts getting his his pace and, and starts getting the round going around round two. I think after those two rounds, we really have uh, we have a split. Kelvin puts it forth again, really starts landing on Adesanya. It's a it's a case where. He is uh he's take he's, he takes round three and we go into this thing. It's like, all right, it, it, it was a real swing round coming up in round four. How is this gonna go? And we get to the point where I got it even going into five. How is this thing? I mean, it was just incredible back and forth. Both of these guys showing incredible, incredible skill. Both of them feeling like they're going to win the fight at any point. We have a scramble at one point where Adesanya looks like he's about to throw in a triangle. Uh, when Kelvin goes for a takedown, he's looking to get himself in position, finally take advantage of his wrestling. All of a sudden, Adesanya's busting out this ground game, which we haven't seen from him before. Mind you, the last fight that we saw him against was Anderson Silva a couple months ago, and this is basically an all-style all Mortal Kombat kickboxing fight. Not one that is uh, that is going to be very typical. He's getting busted up. He's getting hit in, hit in the face repeatedly. You saw him after the fight. He was uh, he looked like a Frankenstein with with how much uh, swelling there was in Adesanya's face. I mean, he took a lot of punishment. But that fifth round, he hit himself another gear. He floored it. That that title was not going to be taken from his hands. Knocks down Kelvin multiple multiple times after all the adversity that he had faced. Very close to being finished. That's how that's how much damage he was putting on him in that final round. And it was incredible. Like, we're all watching this thing in, in, in the same way with the back-and-forth swings, the fact that it went, you know, one, 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 going into this final round and thinking, man, I can't believe this is the fight that ended up being the fight of the year because, you know, I, I thought it was going to go two ways for Kelvin. I thought it was either going to be Kelvin was going to go out there and he was going to probably either starch him with a with a big left hand or he was gonna he was gonna try and take him down a lot and look for something there, or you know it was going to be mostly Adesanya pointing, keeping Kelvin out of his range and and picking him apart. It really wasn't either because of how uh, of Kelvin almost doing what we thought was going to happen early on and and putting that big shot on him. Adesanya really couldn't dictate the range that much. I mean, I mean, at a, to a, some rounds he could, but but Kelvin really was getting his in there. I mean, he was. Diving through the buzzsaw and putting a lot of hands on Adesanya. And and Stylebender was was tough as hell. The real first adversity that he's faced in the UFC. And he is now your interim middleweight champion. Really impressive uh, outing. Um, people were saying it was a star-making fight. That's hard to argue with it, with it being a potential fight of the year. Hopefully one day down the line we get to see these two do it again because, you know, Kelvin is not warranted of any punishment or or uh knock against him after a performance like that he was absolutely outstanding but 25 minutes is a lot of time and sometimes it's too much time and that was the case for Gel uh, kelvin yesterday it was too much time for him and 
he had already uh, taken a lot of shots, but uh, but but Adesanya had another gear, another gear we didn't know that he had, another gear that I don't even know if he knew he had. You know, he talked a lot about uh, all the training that he goes into, but until you're there, you don't really know. You don't you don't really know, and I'm sure it's only something that fighters can really explain. So I, I I'm ignorant to it, but um, he was he was absolutely outstanding, and I think it was a real star making fight. You know, the question now becomes is this uh, this upcoming fight with, with Robert Whitaker for the 185-pound title. They're talking about this all-Australia uh, all matchup or in New Zealand. That's where, uh, where Adesanya is, is, is living. And Robert Whitaker is, uh, is born in New Zealand, but he, he claims Australia. That's his deal. So I'll say this. The thing that's interesting about it um, I will say is I'm more just excited for the fight. I don't really care that they're both Australian because I don't feel like there's this natural Australian New Zealand beef uh, between them both. I know that uh, that 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 uh, Adesanya was picking at 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 Robert and saying like, oh, you got a fake Aussie walking around repping Australia. I got to tell you, as an American, I'm all ignorant to that stuff. I'm fascinated by Australia and New Zealand, and I love uh, their their culture and the fact that it seems like they happen to live in Jumanji with just the scariest animals known to man and the scariest wildlife situations known to man. But that's all stuff that's that's uh, that's literally foreign to me. I don't know about it, so I don't really care that it's in Australia. I just want to see the matchup. But they're very uh, heavy on. We got to have this in Australia. It's got to be in Australia. It's got to be in a soccer stadium. Cool, whatever, whatever makes it happen, man. That's all. That's all I want to see. And excuse my voice this morning, um, because it's a crazy matchup. I mean, you have uh, you have Robert Whitaker, who that guy puts his body through hell every single fight, and I think would be a bigger deal if he were able to stay healthy more. Um, the problem has been for Robert Whitaker, and it's not a problem of his own. It's just been the reality and, and the circumstance right now is. You know, he can't get through a fight without there being something serious, whether it be a broken foot, whether it be a broken ankle, uh, whether it be a broken hand, whether it be torn up intestines. It, it, he's just been snake bit in that regard. Dominic Cruz-esque almost. Not quite to that extreme. I mean, Dom is obviously the worst of that scenario, and you hate to see it, but it's been a tough title reign for Robert Whitaker. Because of all the injuries and because of all the stuff that he's had to deal with. So, this is a very interesting fight. This is a very interesting fight. Robert has knock you dead power. We haven't really seen that with Stylebender. I mean, we've seen a couple of fights where he's been able to stop people, but that uh, it, it really does take a little bit of him to, to rev up and, and, and get that style going and keep you guessing and really snipe you. I mean, he sets a lot of stuff up with his feints, with his hips, all that stuff to get you thinking. And Robert Whitaker is a guy who can be a bit of a slow starter. Um, we're still getting to know a lot of what he can do, but we do know that he can be devastating. He's, he's willfully and mentally pretty unbreakable. I mean, the fact that he goes through 
a fight with a broken hand against Yoel Romero, goes through a fight with a busted knee against Yoel Romero, shows you what kind of mental fortitude that guy has. So the interesting thing about this is going to be five rounds between these two killers with Adesanya, who we learned a lot about this past fight, where it could have gone really, really sour for him, and it didn't, and he was able to maintain. This matchup is crazy, crazy good. It's tough to pick. It's tough to it's tough to know who's going to get the best of it in this one because Stylebender's so new, and Roberts not been in the limelight enough. It feels like, and he's only been in there with at the top with with uh, with basically one guy in Yoel Romero. So we don't have the full gauge on him yet. We know that him and Yoel Romero fight razor, 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 razor thin close fights. When they fight. So. We know that he's got the style to beat a. Devastatingly good wrestler with freak genetics. 5'9". Who's got crazy power. We know that he could beat that. You know we've seen him both beat Derek Brunson. On the big scene. But. With. With. With taking on a, a tall. Lanky unorthodox, crazy-skilled uh, striker. We haven't really seen that yet with uh, with Robert Whitaker. So it's almost interesting that we've seen the rise of Israel Adesanya so quickly that we're, we know a little bit more about him, the interim champ, than we do the champ because of how much Robert's been on the shelf and, and how much stuff he's had to deal with with, uh, with recovery. The big question, too, yesterday was, is Israel Adesanya a star? Uh, I mean, Dana compared him to Connor yesterday. And again, when you have a fight like that, it's tough to say that he's not. He's as real as it gets. I love his style. Um, he's unfiltered. He's uh, He's got a bit of a, a D attitude to him where uh, he, he doesn't give a bleep and he's going to say stuff even if it bothers you. So I think that is, uh, is certainly... He's not like the greatest trash talker in the world, although he can uh, he throws down some pretty good promos afterwards with with Joe Rogan. I think the thing that is interesting is part of the Connor thing that made it interesting was the Irish fans, the Irish takeover, and with with Adesanya, he's got a lot of people that he's repping there. You know, he became the second Nigerian-born champion yesterday, joining uh, Kamara Usman, which was really, really cool. Now they have two champions. And quite frankly, maybe they should just bring a, bring a fight to Africa. I think that'd be pretty badass. Um, but he is from New Zealand, which kind of has this new feel to it as far as UFC fans are concerned. The other thing about Connor is Connor was, like, predicting the rounds and was knocking people dead and had this real path. I think that Adesanya has been in this. Um, he's definitely been in the craziest fight that we've ever seen. We never seen Con until Connor got to like Nate Diaz two. We hadn't really seen Connor in a war like that. So that's a big difference. And we 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 really the one thing we can say is we know when it gets pushed when it, when it gets pushed up against him and when he faces adversity. In a fight, Adesanya is going to rise to the occasion. I think if you had to ask Connor, like if we, if you had to nitpick Connor, who's had an amazing career, 
the one big knock against him is when things kind of get tough, whether it was against Nate, whether against Habib, normally when it when it got tough, he looks for a way out. Um, even with the amazing rise, so though he doesn't, though though Adesanya doesn't have the highlight reel knockouts, even though I think he does have the skill set to put that forth, um, and the fan base isn't as boisterous. Yeah, I think he definitely does have the the, the potential to be the next mainstream UFC star. I think it's probably going to take uh, winning. The, obviously, he's got to beat Robert Whitaker, and 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 I think so in spectacular fashion. And he could really be in that ilk. But a fight like that yesterday, um, I know as far as the hardcore UFC fans are concerned and the MMA fans, that dudes he's he's a made guy now. Like it's he, that that's a fight that people are gonna be talking about between him and Kelvin. It's it's a blur. Like it's it's almost hard to recap because of the emotional swing you have from it, left and right. But that's how good it was yesterday. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790 the ticket. All right, we're back, guys. Fighters Fury rolls on here. It is Game of Thrones night. That's the fight we got to be talking about. Iron Throne, man. Who's coming out on top? I got the Ice Dragon winning it all. I think he turns on the White Walker, spoiler alert, and he wins the Iron Throne by himself. It's going to be like, I never liked that Khaleesi. She kept us in a, in a dungeon, making us do her dirty work. I'm going to turn my other two brother dragons or sister dragons into Ice Dragons, too, and we're going to rule. So there's going to be dragons all over the place. Obviously, everybody's looking forward to that later on today. Um, and we got a lot going on. I mean, this is a crazy sports day. We got Tiger Woods, who's on the prowl. He's got a co-lead for the uh, for the Masters as well. Uh, Marlon's looking to actually take a series. They won one yesterday. Macho Marlon's man was pleased about it. By the way, I'm a huge shout out to Caleb Caleb Smith, who's a big fan of uh, Macho Marlon's man. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that guy, the Texas Southpaw. Either way. A uh, little bit of boxing was going on yesterday as well. We had, I got to say, Clarissa Shields, <clears throat> she is so tremendous. She really is. And I really think this when it comes to to this fight yesterday. So yesterday we had Clarissa Shields taking on Christina Hammer for the undisputed middleweight championship of the world. And Clarissa Shields... You know, she she takes takes some of uh of Hammer's jabs early on, but from that point on, the tilt was over. She flipped the switch and she was bringing the fight to Christina Hammer, and now just has all these belts. And with Clarissa, she is she's incredible, really is. First of all, her story is unbelievable. With all the adversity she had to come through with Flint, Michigan, with things that happened to her personally, she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, and now is the undisputed women's champion of the world, putting forth a performance like that, goes out, then he calls out more divisional champions. She's everything that women's boxing has needed for a long, long time, and there's no reason that women's boxing can't be huge, because... We see on the regular in UFC, women's mixed martial arts is is headlining. And I don't know if it's the two-minute rounds or why this has been a big thing to, to not happen, but the fact that this, this hasn't been a thing on the regular is crazy to me because you're leaving out a whole fan base that I think could be very much into it. And I just think she's, I, I really do. Like, I, I just love her personality. I love the fact that, 
she's just unapologetically her. And she's just she's so dynamic every time she steps in there. She really is. What a representation she she has for the sport and for women. She really goes out for uh, out there and is 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 willing to not only have the success of her own career in her hands, but she is trying to burden the success hold the burden of the success of women's boxing. It's it, it, it's very, very impressive. She really is. She really is an impressive woman. And so that performance she put forth yesterday against Christina Hammer, the performance was great. Her interviews were great. But I think just her standing in the sport should be respected for what she's going out there and doing. It, it, it really is very, very impressive. So shout out to Clarissa Shields, who does some training over in uh, Delray, Delray Beach with uh, John David Jackson and uh, and all that stuff but she was uh, she was absolutely awesome yesterday so good on her for getting a win. We also had yesterday Jaime Munguia. This was this was this one bothered me. This was on DAZN yesterday and you know, he he's going out there Jaime Munguia, if you guys don't know, he's a, he's a, he's a young up and comer. But it's kind of been established he's he's I think Golden Boy is looking to him to 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 really hold the torch for whenever Canelo is over because, you know, he's he's an offensive fighter, he's an exciting fighter, looks good. I, I But this is what stinks about boxing. You know, he, he's fighting a guy, Dennis Hogan, who's 34 years old, you know, looks like he has been a veteran of the sport and, and is basically there to try and be a showcase for Jaime Munguia. But yesterday, Dennis Hogan goes out there, puts forth more of the damage, leads in the categories of, of everything in that fight, and is earning everything that he's got in that fight. And he just had this eerie feeling as soon as Oscar De La Hoya, with that big smile, walked into the, into the ring, that the, the, the fix was in and, and, and Hurricane Hogan was not going to get his decision. And he didn't. He ended up he ended up uh losing on two of the scorecards. It was it was a majority victory for Jaime Munguia. One of them was a draw. Uh Chris Mannix, to his credit, he had it seven five going in uh, after after the twelve rounds. I actually thought that he lost the, the last round too, in, in my mind. I thought Dennis Hogan had that one clearly. And, you know, this is the thing that stinks. You know, I, I had heard from from Hogan's management side that that Oscar De La Hoya had offered a, a rematch in there and, and stuff like that, but this is the thing that sucks is it's a much different... This, this is why judging in, in, in boxing is a big deal. This happened with... If you want, if you want to put relate it to, uh, to the same promoters and, and, and bigger names, this happened with Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo, where Canelo got to continue negotiating like the A-side of a fight because he got the draw. He didn't lose. And so that is that that is the big deal. Like, those those belts are a big deal. It's the same thing, you know, with, with, uh, with, with Dustin Poirier winning yesterday. And Dana said, like, look, I know everybody hate these, hates these interim belts, but these guys are going to be in on the pay-per-view now. Like this is this is this is this is life-changing for them. This is big money for them. So, 
when Dennis Hogan doesn't get the nod because of some referees because or some some judges, and he deserves it, and it's like you have to not only go out there and beat the fighter, which is tough enough. These guys are tough enough. You have to go out there and beat the fighter, but also you have to go beat the judges. It's like, what do I got to do? Do I have to completely bludgeon them? It's, it's like, yeah, you kind of do. You, you kind of do. And that's unfortunate for, for Dennis Hogan not getting that. And look, maybe he gets his rematch. Uh, maybe, but but because Jaime Magia got that, if he gets a little bit too froggy with the negotiations or, you know, Jaime Magia's people are like, oh, I don't want to fight that guy again. We got the win. Move on. Who's going to remember this in two years? He's a young fighter. What, 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 and, and what is Dennis Hogan supposed to do? You know, go beat somebody else that, that's going to get him the nod, get him the path back to Jaime Mangia? No, he'll be avoided. So I hope that he does get the rematch, and I hope that they do treat him fairly in the, in, uh, the negotiations, but just stunk. Stunk watching that yesterday. Um, so getting back to, by the way, oh, one more boxing note before we out. We got Amir Khan versus Terrence Crawford next week. And Lomachenko. Got himself a win over uh, over Crawler this past Friday. Knocked him out in the f- uh, fourth round. It was devastating. It was a really really bad knockout. Face planted his opponent. Uh, one one thing that was crazy. They got this uh, this bow tie cam now, where uh, the referee is like right up in the face of the fighter. Appreciate the access. Re- it, it's it's the realest of real. Um, because he's like he's like you, you're seeing his eyes. The fighter's eyes is like. The uh, the referee's trying to to deal with him as he comes to. It was uh it was crazy crazy uh, crazy access that you had there, but uh, Lomachenko gets himself a win. Talks of Javante Davis that'd be ob- ab- uh, absolutely cool. They do need I think something like that. I think uh, give him something an element of uh, of danger, uh, even though Javante is questionable to to make weight. Obviously, we'd all like to see the Mikey Garcia fight. We've been wanting that even when Mikey went out to go fight Errol Spence. Uh, that see, if we can relate it back to yesterday, Mikey taking on Errol Spence, we can look at it and say, that's a guy who bit off more than he can chew. But we all knew that going in, and and I think that's just because more of how the sport is dealt with. Like guys don't jump two divisions to go fight people. Usually it's a slow climb, it's a tune up, it's get your body right. Um, but with Max, like you know, all these people yesterday who were like, oh well. Max's home is at featherweight. I, I I bet you one day we're going to see Max Holloway in a lightweight title fight again. He's that good. Maybe he goes down and he defends his belt because that's what a champ should do. But all these people who, you know, completely now dismiss the idea that he could be a lightweight. Folks, you're talking about the best division in combat sports. The best division, not in the UFC, not in mixed martial arts. The best division in combat sports is the 155-pound division in the UFC. It's the best. And the idea that Max Holloway, who was close to winning that title in the third round, you want to just throw dirt on the fact that he's not a lightweight because he couldn't knock around Dustin Poirier. What that says to me is you're not respecting what he was in there with, and you should be. Because you wouldn't say that if he was in there with Khabib and he got out grappled, and you wouldn't say that 
if he was taking on Tony like he was supposed to in this fight uh, because you know the name a little bit more. You respect the name. Max Holloway could absolutely be a lightweight fighter. He absolutely could. He's got the gas tank for it. He can inflict damage. He's an absolute warrior. What he went in there with yesterday is a guy who is in his absolute fighting prime right now who's been an absolute wrecking machine. That fight could have happened at, I, I tell you this, that fight could have happened at 45, and, and I think it depleted Dustin Poirier. He could have won that fight. I really do. I really do. I just think it's, I think it's Dustin's time right now. And that's why that win was so impressive yesterday. And that's why I don't want to hear anything about, you know, Connor saying, oh, Nate Diaz fight, or even Tony. You know, I hope that Tony gets well, and I hope that everything gets situated with Tony and his personal life and, and the mental stuff gets put aside because that dude is as savage as it gets, Tony Ferguson. He might be the le- Let me tell you something. I think Tony Ferguson might be the best lightweight on the planet. I really do. He's good at everything. He He is a guy who goes out there and I feel like breaks people in a way that nobody else can in the sport. More than Khabib, more than Dustin, more than Max, I think I think Tony's that kind of an animal when it comes to how he fights. But he hasn't fought in a long time um, and been in this picture. You know, he has the one fight against Anthony Pettis, a back-and-forth affair, on the knee injury. Unbelievable that he came back out there and won. He's definitely going to be back in the title picture. But he had the opportunity of this fight, and circumstances happened. Circumstances happened. So I feel like Tony, really this is what I think should happen. If Tony is healthy, it should be Tony versus Connor. Tony versus Connor, Dustin versus Habib, put them on the same card, winner goes on to fight each other. That's what should happen. I mean, the only thing that could put a wrinkle in it is if you have Dustin and, and Habib have an absolute all-time classic and it's razor thin and we have to see it again immediately. But the way it really should go is Tony versus Connor and Dustin versus Khabib on the same night, boom. And in all likelihood, we'll have a decision on the other side of who should be fighting for that undisputed title. But there shouldn't be a debate. There shouldn't be a talking point. I don't want to hear, oh, I don't want to see Dustin Poirier. I want to see Connor versus Khabib. I want to see I want to see Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. You know, at some point, the sport has to be a sport. At some point, the sport has to be a sport. And Dustin earned a piece of the title yesterday, and he earned his fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov. So I don't really think there's anything else to to say here. Um, Because the other part of this is those other two guys are good enough, they're going to get back in the title picture anyway. You know, even if one of them suffers a loss... Along the way, they're they're both big enough personalities, especially Connor, that they're not far off from getting back in the title picture. But I need Connor to get a win, and I need to know that that Tony's right in the head, and also Dustin earned it. So can we just eat it for for once? Can we not talk about you know money fights and entertainment and all that stuff, and just say, hey, yeah, I want to know who the best one fifty five fighter on the planet is and Dustin Poirier clearly has a has a claim to that throne and I want to see him fight Khabib and see if he wins maybe he does maybe he doesn't but he deserves we deserve he deserves and we deserve to see if he can
and we'll get to that matchup when it comes closer and when it gets down uh when it when it gets closer but that was awesome yesterday hats off to him hats off to Israel Adesanya can't wait for him versus Robert Whitaker uh he put forth the fight of the night last night uh the fight of the year last night excuse me undersold it greatly and it was we're buzzing I'm still I'm still buzzing from a from a from a night like that it was incredible really really incredible so shout out to those guys thank you for that performance last night um Incredible Saturday night. Incredible Saturday night of fights. Thank you all for listening to the recap. Miss any of the show, you can download the podcast, uh, radio.com, radio.com app, or any other podcast platform. Uh, everything should be fixed and ready to go there. So you guys catch all that. I will talk to you guys on uh, the morning show tomorrow. And, of course, with uh, with my own program, Tobin Leroy and Beast, every weekday from 1 to 4 p.m. Love you guys and talk to you then. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 